Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. It is the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. As the Sooners, it's their home finale. They finish it off against Baylor tonight. They win it 27 to 14. Or I guess I should say last night, because it's about 2 a.m. in the morning, a little past 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, Eddie Radosovich, Kerry Murdoch here with you for the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast. And uh, Eddie, I would say that this was uh, a game worthy of the distinction of ending the 2020 season. It was a it was a Wasn't odd it? not what we expected at all. Just very blah, but then again at the same time, can you really bitch because the defense played so well? Like it it was just a uh, it was a strange game all the way around and I think that you know, even going into the game, Carrie, I, we talked about it on the U40 earlier in the week as far as it just it felt like oh, you hadn't played in a month, so you didn't really know how they were going to come out. By the way, Shane Beamer was hired away in the middle of the game. And he, he wasn't even at the he, game. He wasn't at because he had COVID <laughs> from going to interview for the job in the first place. I apparently. mean, it was just, it was insane. And, you know, I offensively, it was uh, it was pretty gross. I, I, I don't think that uh, there's anybody yeah. out there that's going to uh, make any excuses about the way that they play. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, you look at Josh's report card on the board. It was uh, it was basically a shit show for uh, for everybody up front on the offensive line. But you know, defensively again, Carrie, it's a uh, they got a defense. They got a defense. Oklahoma has a defense, and they have a defensive line that can really get after it. They don't even need their starters to have a defense. They were out Nick Benito. They were out Buki. They were out Pat Fields. They were out, who else? Today, Woody Washington. Today was the first time that Four you... Four starters were out on defense. It, today was the first time that you actually looked out at what they didn't have before the game and, and thought, oh, thought shit. like... Well, and especially the way that the first quarter went, when it's, you know, they couldn't get anything going offensively. It seemed like... I don't know, but again, at the same time, like I just didn't really have a whole lot of confidence in Baylor being able to move the ball, and they weren't able to run the ball at all. Well, no. What was the number that they put out for the for uh, as far as uh, what they did against the rush today? It's just twenty five rushes for twenty six, no, twenty five yards on twenty six attempts. That's less than a yard a uh, yard a carry. It was the fewest rushing yards 
they by were an in, opponent since uh, Kansas in 2014. Until one big play right before the end of half, or the first half, they were going to go into the halftime locker room in minus rushing yards. It's unbelievable. I mean, they they just could not run the ball. And they've got some good talent. I mean, offensive talent on that side of the ball. The Thornton guy is really good. Uh I, I guess I should just look down the list. I mean, I've watched these guys throughout the year. Uh, Sneed is really good. Uh, they still have the uh, the Fleeks kid that is you know can do some damage. Uh, but you know, and Charlie Brewer, I thought I was really Ebner's a good player. Uh, Charlie Brewer, I mean, we know him as like Mister Glass. Yeah, like we know him like as shit. He survived the game. I think that's all that can OS, be asked OSU of him. OSU fans look at Spencer Sanders, that's the way we've looked at Charlie Brewer because every time we watched him play, he's gotten concussed and kicked out, you know, had to leave a game. Yeah, but it's not like he he gets nicked up. He gets pounded. Yeah, he gets Like, absolutely. he takes the, the, the brunt of every storm, it seems like. And there was one time that Ronnie Perkins came around the edge and then I, like, dis- I, I distinctly remember this. I remember thinking, like, as he was coming around the edge... It's like, don't hit him hard. Don't like, hit him run, hard. Charlie, like, run, Charlie, run. get out of there. You're going to die out there. I know there. exactly what play you're talking about. He, it was coming to OU He, he was just a little too high. Yeah. yeah. And he, he ran his Which, life off. I guess, he ran no, for his life. no pun intended, that he was a little too high. Uh, he threw the ball 56 times today. Against an Oklahoma secondary that had Robert Barnes playing at safety today. Yeah. Like, what the hell? You could have told me. You could have laid out like 10 scenarios going into today's game. Robert Barnes playing safety and seemingly playing well was not, that would have never have been on my guest list. to start the game and to not have Trey Norwood out there, but you have Robert Barnes. I was like, okay, who the hell came up with this game plan? Because it does not make any sense. Did Trey Norwood get COVID during, it was just a weird week. And, you know, I think it was everything that we talked about on the U40 as far as, uh, you know, Alex Grinch not being available, which I thought was hilarious after the game that Robert Barnes said that in Alex Grinch, I guess he did not admit, but like, no, he, he admitted that he, he put it out there that, yeah, positive. it was a false positive. Yeah. So he wasn't able and to go to practice Monday, this week. And Robert Barnes told a pretty funny story after the game about how they were going through practice this week, basically with Alex Grinch on a zoom call that was on a loudspeaker at practice, and then when they had questions, they would just get on a telephone and ask him. Like that's how they got ready for the game this week. So instead of playing uh, the normal uh, Juice World, what have you, uh, selections at practice, all they heard was Alex Grinch yelling through the PA system. Which I just that has to be like one of the most frustrating things of all time because you can't really see what's going on, and then everybody's in and out. You got Bob Stoops at practice, which Alex Grinch sounded like he was disappointed. He wasn't able to, like, come across. No, that's what he said. He said, you know, I've always, you know, I I would, like, in my career, like, if you tell me you're going to spend a week coaching with Bob Stoops, like, you dream of that. Yet it was he. It ended up he was like the sick kid that couldn't go outside and play. Oh, with there was his some friends. serious FOMO there. Yeah, there was some serious FOMO for sure. He he was so distraught that he could not like. Because he was waiting to see if he was, you know, if yeah. it was a false positive, he he could never go out there with Stoops. He could only be on the Zoom. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we joked about it a lot this week. I actually sent Bob a text uh, yesterday or today. 
uh, like, thanks for ruining my week. I really, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing you on the sideline again. And uh, I can't remember what he said exactly, but he, it, I should read it in his voice. Uh, he basically said, uh, hopefully we got two more games to play. You never know. Um, well, I mean, here's the question. What's he know about the H-back position? Because if Shane Beamer leaves... Ooh, he knows a lot about the H-back. He's always wanted to be an offensive coach. Seriously. And I, I don't Bob know. Stoops. That's going to be interesting because the Bruce Feldman the reported really it. really is like the H-back, if, you if you're a defensive guy, like you invented the H-back. Yeah. Like that is so defensively offensive. Seriously, I wonder what they'll do. Cause I And I don't know what Shane Beamer's situation is going to be here over the next couple of weeks. I would imagine he's going to have to go do a he's gonna have to introductory go. press conference. You have signing day in, yeah, what, two weeks? signing day. He's no, you have, it in, yeah, you have two weeks to get through signing day. He's not day. a coordinator. I mean, if you're Lincoln Riley, you just now, let the, him go. Now, the one thing, though, is, is you know, I special teams. Like, yeah. which, you know what Bob Stoops does really well? Special teams. Yeah, don't. And I'll save you from having to go back and and uh, edit this, but don't re-kick. How about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Tyreek Hill thing, obviously. But no, but Bob Stoops had been a special teams coordinator before he got to Oklahoma as a head coach. I'm telling you, man. really good there, at it. There really might be something there. Maybe we get Bob in Morgantown. What if Bob makes his uh, debut in Morgantown next week? You think they're going to play that game? I asked Lincoln about it. Like, do you I don't play think it's game? up to Lincoln. Well, that's what I said. If the Big 12 comes to you and says, because the ACC certainly did that to Clemson yeah, with Notre and Dame Notre and Clemson. Dame, what, what if the Big 12 says, look, there's no reason to play this game. It's for the safety of the athletes. What if they use that excuse? I mean, does Lincoln just have to say, okay, well, he's not going to fly him up there. West the Virginia's not going to show up. Maybe, the, maybe, here's the, maybe Bob Bowlesby calls West Virginia, maybe he calls Neil Brown and says, Neil. We need you to take one for the team. We want you to announce that your COVID protocols can't be met this week and that you're going to go ahead and opt out of this game. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that we could be in that position here in, you know, five Unlike days. Unlike a Michigan situation. No, like, I, I I think that there's a very real chance. Like, I, I almost I talked know. myself into it this week that Oklahoma's not going to play on Saturday next week. I don't know how many people they were missing that were key today against Iowa State. That was not the West Virginia that I was expecting to watch today. West they Virginia's got not their any good asses on the road. kicked. West Virginia's not any good on the road. That's true. Oklahoma State beat them fairly easily. They're, not a, very, they're not a very good football team on the road. Let me go back to this Baylor team today. Yeah. Um... Which I, I, you brought something up earlier. I was sitting here listening to the uh, wrap up show with you and Matt Meyer. It's, it, it's crazy that that's their worst defeat of the year. That's today. insane to me. Points. Like that was when you said that earlier. I was like, yeah, thirteen holy points. Shit, they got beat. I think Texas beat them by eleven. That's the worst they'd been beaten. This well, year. Remember what they did up in Ames? We were coming back from a no, we. Now, I was well, over rem here. Remember, remind me what happened. Did they get down and then come back late? Is that what they in did Ames? in that game? Yeah. No, they were up early. Oh, and then fourteen they, to Iowa nothing, State and then Iowa back. State stormed back. But even because we were doing the post game show, but even in the fourth quarter, they had the ball driving with under two minutes it left. It seemed like Iowa and State. And I think Brewer threw a pick. It seemed like Iowa State like scored like fourteen points like right at the end and just kind of pulled away. They only won by seven. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, their their scores have been insane in their losses this year. They lost 
uh, by six in overtime in Morgantown. Well, I'll say this too. I, I know uh, they won. They lost by eleven to Texas. Eleven to Texas. Ten. Ten to, to TCU. TCU, which is weird. Seven uh, to Iowa State. Thirty-eight, thirty-one. And unfortunately, they lost by one to Texas Tech, which is not a good thing. I mean, I mean we can we can talk that about that at some point. But Texas Tech. I I talked to a buddy today, and he was I think in Lubbock. Matt Wells in trouble. The, throughout the suites, they were basically taking uh, raffles. And like, hey, or not raffles, but like GoFundMe's uh, for yeah, like Art throw five bucks in, we're gonna make some moves. <laughs> like, like throw passing five, the hat, passing the hat around. Type throw thing. in, you know, five hundred bucks in, five hundred k bucks in. I, I think the five dollars was if you throw that in, you're paid in full. Oh, they were doing a pool. Yeah, see who the next coach was gonna be. Well, no, like passing the hat around. Put five bucks in now. Give me five thousand bucks later. We're gonna call Art Bryles. I got you. I'm almost cheering for that. Uh, I don't think I. I uh, Kirby Hokut would never let that happen. Be surprised, man. Oil money out there. That that place runs on it. It'd be fun. I mean, look. I mean Baylor. They're 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 a hard playing team they play hard Dave Aranda I know people didn't like it in the stadium him calling timeouts with oh, I, I, that's completely a this is how the program's going to be run we're, we're not, not going to ever give quit up. yeah yeah I mean we're not giving and, in and you know what it's our first year here we're going to set a tone we're going to piss off all these OU sure. fans that just want to go home sure. that are de- that are determined to sit here until the game is over like just leave they're up by 14 with nine seconds left just leave it's a pride thing. I get it. No, it is. And I, I, mean, I remember sitting through, you don't know this, but I remember sitting through that damn Texas A&M ass whooping. Oh, I was there. Corey Cat Was it Corey Callens or Rocky Bright got carted off the field? It was, wasn't it, uh, was the final like 63 to oh, three bad. or something like that? freezing. snowing out. Yeah, yeah rainy, I definitely dr- remember that. Drizzly, Pretty freezy, sure my dad made me, made slushy. us stay till the end of it. And I guarantee you, a lot of those people that were there booing today, they sat through that damn game, too, and they said to themselves, I stayed through that one. I have to stay through this. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, it's if Baylor plays like they did today, I'm not saying that they will beat the shit out of them. OSU has to play them next week. They'll beat OSU will go down there and lose by two touchdowns, especially the way that they played today. Because this is the postponed game. Baylor, oh, yeah, it's Baylor's fault. And Baylor's going to, from what I saw tonight, Baylor's not a team that's going to just go down there and roll over to next week because it's their last game of the year. I would say, I mean, no, there's no doubt about it. Baylor did the best job that anybody's done against Ramondre Stevenson tonight. Shut him down. Shut and him I down. Think part of that was the offensive line sucked. I mean, they were not good. No, they had a rough night. And Baylor, you know, to me, it seemed like. They were basically delayed blitzing throughout the game, and OU never really figured it out. They were delayed blitzing from the edges. They were delayed blitzing from the middle. I'll have to go back and look at the tape, and I'm sure Josh will break it down in the Monday Morning Idiot. But it just seemed like, and there were times like, you know, Spencer Rattler, it seemed like every time they had a first down play in the first half, he would take like a nine or ten yard loss on a sack. They were it was it was almost like they were getting penalties because they were basically playing out of second and nineteen the entire first yeah, half. It was ridiculous. Just to give you an idea of how good Oklahoma played offensively, uh, especially up front today. And credit 
credit where credit's due. Like, I, th- I thought that Baylor had a pretty good defensive game plan. Uh, Spencer Rattler and Creed Humphrey both said after the game that they just straight up admitted it. They did some stuff up front that they did not expect today. Yeah. Uh, Josh's report card, though, is it's pretty funny. Eric Swenson, and remind remind you that these grades are out of 100. Josh went Swenson, 45. Mm-hmm. Hayes, 40. <laughs> his, his analysis of it was he looked asleep, just not the guy we're used to watching. Creed Humphrey, 50. Tyrese Robinson, 45. And wow. the one glaring guy out there today was... I, Adrian Neely. It felt like there was pressure coming from the left side the entire night. He, uh, Josh gave him a thirty-five. One of the worst games I've seen him play in Norman. It was, it was not good. No, they were terrible. I, I mean, can't really put my finger on it. Why though? Because it seemed like they had been coming together. Uh, I mean, part of it I think is. Like, I mean, Jeremiah Hall even missed a block that, like on the Jeremiah the first Hall sack of was, the game, like irrelevant tonight well he knew his coach was gone he knew his coach was headed out to columbia probably said f it maybe but no, Braden willis wasn't irrelevant no he and <laughs> but even Braden willis like the two two of the balls that he caught in the fourth quarter one should have been they both should have been picked off one really should have been picked off the first one not the touchdown isn't it funny how we're bitching about a team that clinched the big 12 today yeah but Against a team that we're telling people... It wasn't fun. Like, this is actually the best win that anybody's had against this team all year? I think that probably just tells you, like... It was... It was... It was... It just tells you where this thing's at right now. I mean... It was trudging. Trudging along. Before the game. slogging, whatever. Before the game, it was like... It was one of those things, too, that is like... I mean, to think that Oklahoma even could go into this game after everything that had happened... And even going all the way back, like I remember talking to you guys after the uh, when you don't when you were up in Ames, like it's just to think that they came back from one and two, and even staring one and three straight in the face going into overtime at the oh, Cotton Bowl. It's yeah. like I can't believe that they're back in it. And not only are they back in it, they're probably going to be favored in the Big Twelve Championship game, depending on how things go next week. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still kind of it, it, you say that it's like. I'm still kind of in between. Like, I could see them losing to West Virginia if they play the game next Saturday. If they play like they did tonight, they'll get beat. And then they could still go. And they Arlington would. They would still go to Arlington Iowa and State. beat Iowa State and, like and the then get into thing, a New Year's Six Bowl. I guarantee you, the last thing that Matt Campbell wants is for OU to go to West Virginia and lose and come to the Big 12 championship all pissed off with them having sat out for a week. I would love to know if that conversation's even been had in uh, Arlington over the next couple days. God knows they're not yeah, at the I office bet, right now. I bet Matt Campbell wants Oklahoma not to play next week. I, I mean, maybe he does because he hopes maybe they'll get some people injured yeah. and they'll take some people out. But Shit. They, I mean, everybody that didn't play tonight will be will be back next week, I would think. Yeah, I, I, especially with the new CDC stuff. It was just wild. The, Isn't like that the, amazing, though? Like, I mean... You had sources telling you throughout the week, like... I don't think they would have played if the CDC stuff didn't come out on Wednesday or Thursday. But, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, Riley said earlier in the week, like, it's mostly, you know, he kind of hinted that it was more positives and contact tracing. Uh, And we kind of thought, like, going in this game, okay, you've you've scared the shit out of us many times this year. It's never as bad as you make it out to be. And today was literally what you always... Like, maybe worse than you thought it would be. Like, you're always like, okay... 
there's going to be some starters out. Sure. But until you see it, like we've we heard all those names too. We heard Benito, we heard Buki, we heard Pat Fields. Uh but then when you actually see it and add Woody Washington into that, you're like, shit, that's a lot of people. The most striking thing I thought was when it was during the pregame, they bring out the skill position guys. They go through like a little, you know, warm-up session type thing with Benny Wiley and mm-hmm. then uh, who has still blocked me on Twitter, which is kind of bugging me. Benny Wiley's blocked you? Yeah, a long time ago. I think it was for the picture that I did with uh, when I photoshopped myself into his garage with him and Lincoln Riley working out over the summer. Yeah, it's the price of being an influencer. I know. Influencers and influencers don't get along. unless There's like unless a little rivalry. In, unless they're in the same house together, I guess. Yeah, I need to get into the Benny Wiley house of pain <laughs> is what I need to get into. You need to start your own influencing company together. <laughs> Maybe do that. One guy that like is very, very in shape, and the other that's very, very not. Yeah. I think that'd be a good like. Uh, like you could be smoking cigarettes as he's working out. I, I would imagine that Benny Wiley lives in a neighborhood that you can't even smoke cigarettes. <laughs> like the air quality I think over he there, lives right over here. Oh, does he? I think so. Let's go egg his house later. Uh, just kidding. If that happens tonight, I'm out of the egg game. Uh. <laughs> Go. We did. We went dough and Duncan. Dough, biscuit dough. Never heard of that. It doesn't take the paint off your car. And when cops, oh, well, that, I mean, what's when, the, that's not even vandalism. When cops, but no, the great thing is when cops chase you down, mm-hmm. they just confiscate your stuff. They don't like make take you to your house and deliver you to your parents. We uh, actually, I won't tell that story. But we used to knock over <laughs> mailboxes, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, you tell me that. Uh, but the most striking thing before the game was when they brought out all the guys to do like the catching the punts. Right. Uh huh. There were like five guys out there total on both sides of the field. Oh, I see. Like what combined you're saying, yeah. two and three. Usually there's probably 15, something like that. Let me ask you this. Did you feel like the. I mean, things did not go well on offense, but didn't you feel like the wide receiver rotation was really weird tonight? It was strange to the point that I just didn't know why Hazelwood wasn't playing. And he 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 finally he got came in. out there finally, but it was never really like when I would look out there. And and by the way, Theo Howard really fought for that ball near the goal line to get him that uh, yeah. flag. Yeah. That was one of the most impressive plays anybody made all well, night. Well, nobody, I mean, there just wasn't, and by the way, is Obi-Obiallo alive? Is he a, like an actual person? I don't know if he's a real person. I don't think we need to ask that question anymore. It's, it's, oh, I, we, I'm not asking like, I'm not asking because I want to see production. Seen him like once. I'm not asking because I want to see production. But he's only I'm been like available if he's, like twice the entire season. I would almost say that he has not suited out two games this year. He suited out the one, but I don't know like where else he is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's just disappeared. It it was just a it was a strange A lot of Ram- a lot more Rambo tonight than usual. Um, I don't want to see him play football anymore. <laughs> I know that's rude. He missed but I mean he had a touchdown I, catch. I don't want to see him play football anymore. I'm done with that. But I mean, unless I looked out there and saw Weeze, Mims, and a combination of like Willis or Drake, like that catch Drake had early in the game, that was awesome. amazing. I'm glad they reviewed it. Like third that, play of the game. 
Uh, no, that was the spot that they reviewed on the third play. Oh, the they game. were reviewing the spot, not yeah, the catch. Right. Okay. No, not they did review the catch also, but that I mean, wasn't the third play of the game. As soon as that happened and I saw who was officiating the game, I was like, this sucks. They're going to review. That, that crew, I guarantee you, if they have a statistic on how many reviews per play or per crew that they have. You know what it is? It's like. Okay, in the internet business, we always have these metrics for like when you want to keep people on your site for mm -hmm. like, like they used to call it stickiness. Now they call it, I think, engagement. Um, but like, I think these must just be a bunch of tech guys that, you know, have come up with this metric for like stickiness or engagement. Like the longer you watch their games, the better they want to lead the league in longest games through reviews. I my God, they have to be. And, I mean, the poor fans out there having to listen to Tim Brando all night. Jesus. I'm so glad. I that's I'll probably won't rewatch this later game. On, After, later on. I mean, seriously, like, why should I rewatch this game tonight? Am I going to learn? I mean, well, I'll rewatch the game to see some of the blitzes that Baylor was doing, You know how bad that offensive sure. line really was. I guess my but question really offensively was, were guys not open tonight? I don't think they or were. Or was Rattler just not letting it go? I'm going to say they weren't open. And that's kind of what everybody was saying on Twitter from what I kind of took out of it was that guys just weren't open. They weren't they weren't creating separation. You know what's really weird is I think Mims is that guy that, and I think they were doing a lot of doubling tight. You, you know, like they were playing like eight men in the box mm -hmm. almost pre-snap on every play, but they were dropping a lot of people. Uh, and mean, then they were just delay blitzing guys. Tim, uh, Dave Veranda is a good football coach. No, he's coach. a he's really a good, great yeah. defensive coordinator. He is. I mean, he's 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 been every big time program everywhere. I mean, he's got this head coaching job because he basically turned you know turned around LSU and I think was he at A and M. Uh, but I mean, he's he everybody he's been like the hired gun defensive coordinator across the country. So he knows. I always what he's thought doing. he looks like Corby too. He does. He looks like Corby. Corby without hair. Uh, shout out Corby. But no, I mean, like Wisconsin was where he kind of really started okay. getting in, and then he went to LSU for three years, and now he's at Baylor. Okay, but no, he. I think you got to expect that he was going to come up with something you know interesting. And I'll say this: I mean, they've got good talent still. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if they'll keep good talent, but. They were headed in a really good direction. Sure. Until they lost their coach. Oh, they I mean, Matt Rule had a from from what he inherited from the I guess Art Briles slash Jim Grobe era. I mean, it was <laughs> it was incredible what Baylor was doing. And they still have some guys that can play a little football up front yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that some of the guys that we talk about how bad OU was uh in their offensive line tonight. I think a little bit of that had to do with some pretty good playing up front from Baylor's defensive line. They, I mean, they're they're big, they're physical, they seem to be athletic. It had been a while though since like Ramondre Stevenson was made human tonight. That yeah. it had been yeah. a while since you looked at a guy like he cannot pick up four or five yards a carry. He I think was they were. I think three. they were trying to run him wide a little bit too much instead of just giving him the. Because yeah. that's where Pledger was having yeah. his success was just darting down the middle of that that offensive line. Well, let's be honest too. I mean, in it, it, it's a little bit of an excuse, but you look at the guys that were out tonight, there's been some guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be uh Stogner or, you know, Mikey Henderson two weeks ago in Bedlam. I mean, 
Mikey Henderson was excellent on those little swing passes in Bedlam, and they I just didn't say, have that time. Yeah, I would say Aranda probably came in tonight and said, we are not letting the H-backs kill us like Oklahoma State did. Sure. And they had a little bit of a game plan for that. And then uh, I just think offensively for Oklahoma, it's just it, – it, I don't know. I mean, Lincoln Riley, you could say he's not he wasn't locked in tonight. You can say it was poor play calling. Uh he fell on the sword a little bit, didn't he, he did. after the game? He did. I think it's more just like that offensive line just got dominated tonight. They they were not ready for the challenge that Baylor brought. They I mean, that's what it comes down to. This is a little surprising cuz I I really did think like even and I guess it's kind of weird to say this, but like even against Oklahoma State, they were they were pretty good in the first and fourth quarter, especially the way that they were able to kind of wear everybody down. And they did that a little bit tonight. TJ Pledger got loose for a couple there in the fourth quarter, but it, they were able never able to sustain it though. No, no. I mean, it it was just weird. It was a it was a very weird vibe. And if not for Gabe Burkich tonight, I mean, there could have been a lot more you know um, nervous moments. By the end of that game. That 50-yard field goal was, I mean, that was a hell of a kick. And by the way, can I just say this? Yes, that was the worst goddamn pun I think I've ever seen that Reeves Munchow had. 12 yards. So bad. After that, though, he punted he okay. the shit out of the ball. Yeah, he was okay. He had a 50-yarder. He had a 47-yarder. I mean, yeah, but he did that have a was a really bad he had a 12-yarder. Moment. Yeah. And I don't think it cost Oklahoma, though, did no, it? Ba- How about Baylor's kicker? Short-legging two and I kicks. I thought John Mayer's was a pretty good kicker, and the only reason I know his name yarders. is because it's John Mayer with an S. There's okay. Now that makes sense because somebody <laughs> tweeted me something about uh, his body's a wonderland or something. No, he said uh, he, something about John Mayer and gravity, and I was <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I don't know why you're saying that, gravity but now that was now that completely him makes his sense. Football down. Yeah, it, it almost looked like his foot was hitting a rock. He had to be hurt or something. I don't know. It was weird. And just for Baylor, when you see, I do love when a team just quits, like mm-hmm. when a coach just quits on his kicker. <laughs> and it's like, no matter, you know that you're in for it's it like that fourth night. fourth and it's 11. Like, no we're matter, going yeah, for it. No matter what happens, as long as we're within the 40-yard line, you're f***ed because we are going for it. And there's nothing that you can do about it. You just know that you, you're going to play a four-down night on defense. I mean, sometimes that's what you got to do, though. It was it was just a strange night. It was a really you know in night. in a way too like you look at Rattler's numbers tonight. It really wasn't that bad. He wasn't that good though. No, I mean, no, I I thought he was terrible. Now he should not have had one pass intercepted, and he should not have had a touchdown. Yeah, is that fair uh, to say? Yeah, supposedly Tim Rand, uh, Brando said that he never saw the safety on the interception. It, it hit Ramondre Stevenson in the hand. He saw Ramondre Stevenson. But Rattler was 20 of 28, 193, two touchdowns, obviously the interception there on the goal line, but he sacked four times as well. I mean, the thing that he did that that was better than what Brewer did is his turnovers didn't kill them. They were in, you know, they were deep into Baylor territory, his, his one turnover. Brewer was, you know, he threw interceptions that put OU in business at midfield. I'm telling you, man. I am in love with DJ Graham. He yeah, is going really to be a good. player. And you could tell, like, even on the interception. And by the way, uh, Josh that he had, Eaton was out tonight. Bryce Washington was out tonight. All the young guys. Everybody was out. out like, yeah. that entire secondary was decimated. It was bad. Woody Washington, yeah. I mean, it was bad. Buki? 
Like it was it was Patrick Fields, like guys that have played a lot of football. I mean they they I mean they moved a linebacker to safety this week. That's how bad it was. Let me ask you this: Robert Barnes, blessing in disguise for Charlie Kohler and the Iowa State tight ends. Could he be a secret weapon? No, probably not. But (laughs) (laughs) thanks for shitting on me. No, I mean maybe revolutionary idea. He definitely he definitely has a little bit more size, and I think that you know that's something that we'll probably talk about here over the next couple weeks is. What are they going to do for the Charlie Kohlers of the world? Surely like, they can't play Buki. They're going to play Buki, right? I need to go back and see how many snaps Trey Norwood played in that game against Iowa State. Yeah, look it up real quick. I, think I mean, it, was it just. I'm actually in. Are you already BFF in there right now? It. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of adjustments that they make because, I mean, that was obviously something that they took advantage of for sure. Trey Norwood had 12 snaps against Iowa State. That's unbelievable. But then again... Woody Washington only had 25. That was the third game of the year. I mean, that was... uh, Trey Norwood was still working through his... 48-day layoff or whatever it was after the uh, contact tracing stuff. Yeah, yeah. He had I mean, the whole month that he was out. Ronnie Perkins wasn't playing. Nope. It's it's almost incredible, Kerry. And somebody put it on the board earlier in the week, and I, I don't know if it, it got enough attention that it did. Do you realize in November of 2018, OU played four games against Tech, Kansas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. They gave up an average of 47 points per game. They won all four of them. Kansas scored 40. That was the Puka Williams game when he had like, what was it, like 250 on the ground. Yeah. They won the, you know, the 48-47 game against Oklahoma State, the 59-56 game against West Virginia. I mean, the, the turnaround that this defense has made in, you know, seemingly... A year years. and a half? Yeah, I mean... Two years? There was a lot of good last year. It just it ended horribly. With a lot of the same players, though? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's an impressive turnaround. And, you know, credit to a lot of a lot of people. Eric Bailey tweeted this earlier, in, uh, right after the game. In four of the past five games, OU has allowed 14 points or less. Wow. That's unbelievable. And I, I think it's also kind of funny that it's just a reminder of what a good defensive line does, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that is the difference. You put this defensive line on any team in the last five years, and that defense is pretty good. I mean, if if that secondary tonight would have played, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody, they played well, but you put that secondary against, you know, with a, with a defensive line from 17 or 18, they probably give up. 500-something yards tonight, and who knows what happens. By the way, uh, it is the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. I want to remind you guys it's also the best time of the year to buy a new Lexus. It is the December to Remember Lexus sales event. All of the new 2021 Lexus models are out, and they've got 0% financing on all new 2021 models. Uh, We're talking about EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, 405-755-9000. Just go to EskridgeLexus.com. The brand new Lexus IS350 is out. I drive an IS. They're fantastic little sports cars. 
uh, and they're totally redesigned. Uh, it's got the all-new technology, updated driving dynamics. Remember to mention that you're a scooper and you receive the dip, the deeply discounted Sooner Scoop special price and pair that with 0%, and it's a fantastic deal. So Ed Eskridge and the guys always taking care of us. Uh, they offered us a car to go to West Virginia, and we said, uh, no, we don't want to drive 36 hours over a weekend. That is a trip. That's We do Nashville. We do Knoxville. I'll even do Phoenix to San Antonio. Phoenix, again. I enjoy. I mean, Phoenix is 14 hours. But what was Phoenix a, to San Antonio for the, the those army games? About that, yeah. About 18 hours. You were always asleep though, so well, I was still it. riding. <laughs> still riding. You made up for it on Knoxville. I made you. You drove through the night while I slept. Tennessee, dude. Oh, they got beat by Florida, didn't they? 31-19. Florida pulled away pretty yeah. easily at the end. What a pathetic program. Uh, so, yeah, thank you to uh, Ed Eskridge and EskridgeLexus.com for taking care of the boys here at Sooner Scoop. And go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com, 405-755-9000. Tell them you're a Scoop subscriber and uh, take advantage of all that great stuff that's going on right now. December to remember, 0% financing, all new models in. They got it all. Okay, um, moving forward, West Virginia next week. Maybe. It's, it's a tough game. Maybe. Like, I think it's a tough game. Let's go with the mentality that they will play because... Can you imagine the Monday call with, like, Kirk Bowles and all of those people asking the... Lincoln, there's really no need for you to play this game. Why would you play it? I'm just going to be yelling, was asked after Saturday's game. Texas had a nice performance today. They did. You can't fire a coach when he get, when he scores 69 I points. I agree. Tom Herman saved his job. I think they need to give him an extension. Let's go ahead and shut down Orange Bloods. With your We'd never babies. do that. We'd never do that. I'm just saying, shut it down from the Urban Meyer perspective. Urban Meyer's not going to be the coach of Texas, even if they fire Tom Herman. I would say that that is probably true. Who's going to be the coach at Oklahoma State? Mike Gundy. I think I'm going to start the Art Bryles rumor this week. That was Boone's final wish in his Holder will. Holder spent all the money on the baseball facility. It was Boone's final wish in his will that Art Bryles gets the job. <laughs> that <laughs> you don't think? No, that's not what I heard. Okay, that's how that's how a rumor starts, start folks. That. I'm glad you can start so that. That's rumor how a rumor starts on the uh, post game pod. No, no, I mean I I I just I think. I will be locking Baylor, by the way, as soon as that line comes out I, yeah, on Sunday. I think I will be, too. And I think Oklahoma State's going to be the favorite. Oh, yeah. Because that'll get I mean, the money in. You have They have to be. But I, it's one of those things. I feel like Vegas— Yeah, like, Baylor's 2-6 and six now. Which is kind of crazy. Like, they're a better than a 2-6, and six, but at the same time, they're not a good football team. It's kind of weird how it, like, goes hand-in-hand. Hand. The problem is— Tylen Wallace is probably not back. I could see him opting out this week. Yeah. Did they ever get a final? I never saw like, anything. I don't know. It's because it sounded bad. I was, morning, I was I was I over at the heard. high school game this afternoon, so I didn't ever see like what was there an injury that actually happened within the game? Yes, like he went down. Yeah, I mean, I it wasn't like a he was just over on the sideline and they were checking out his knee and it was the same knee that he tore his ACL in. Yeah, that's not good. And it was actually the OSU radio crew that was 
that had pointed it out, like nobody else had, had seen it. I think it was Gabe Iker was the first person I saw that tweeted about it. That sucks. By the way, we uh, we do need to do this. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. All right, uh, we already told you all the great things about Eskridge Lexus uh, in Oklahoma City, but we do have to pick a player of the game, which... Might be a little tough, but Eddie, I, I, I'm just going to say this. I think we have to go to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I, I would start on the defensive side of the ball, and I, I mean, is it almost too easy? Is it a cop out to say Isaiah Thomas? I thought he was excellent. I tonight. thought it was clearly Brian Mead, but you know, you do you. <laughs> oh, you should post <laughs> that on the board right now. He was the co-leader in tackles. Was he really? Yes, with that's Larry crazy. Turner-Yell. That's crazy. No, no I, I did not think in any way that Brian Mead was the player of the game. I thought I was, Isaiah Thomas was excellent. Tonight. I was disappointed in uh, Deshaun White tonight. I thought he missed a lot of tackles in the open field. Yeah, I, you said that in the uh, DM group chat, and I I didn't really notice him. You know who's having a really good year, though? I think Brian Osamoa has been awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, he is. He's having a really good year. Now, Aguebu didn't really spark as much tonight. No. Uh, Ronnie Perkins played hard, but he never really got home that much. No, yeah, it was, and it was kind of weird. Is like they got the pressure, but at the same time, they, oh, I, I can't shit on OU's defensive line. They played really well tonight. You know, Flash tonight, and it wasn't. It, I mean, I'm not sure. Is this? Uh, I guess breakups count as knockdowns at the line of scrimmage. Yes. Perry on Winfrey really flashed tonight. Yeah, and he got a sack. He while. got a sack stolen from him too on the offside column. Uh, yeah, stripling, stripling, which I need doing? to go back and look at it because everybody that was watching it on television basically said that they don't understand how a side, how an offsides was called on that. I think it was an accumulated call because I noticed stripling lining up well into the neutral zone most of the night. Okay, and Perkins is kind of responsible for that too, sure. a little bit. You know, it's, it's. I mean, the thing is, they're both quicker than most people yeah you like you don't need like, to you cheat you don't need to do that you don't need to do that i thought isaiah thomas was good if if we want to give some type of honorable mention i'll go ahead and give it to robert barnes because you're robert, giving him a pity award maybe i guess it could be seen as that but at the same time that's a kid that he could have quit a he, long time yeah. ago so I'm just, giving him like a tip of the cap. He did just have one tackle on the night. I mean, it's not like and he it was, was a it was like an arm tackle, yeah. but he also didn't get exposed either. No, like I I I like Robert Barnes just for the fact that seems like a great kid. I he's one of those guys that could have quit a long time ago, could have transferred. He stuck with it. Maybe just he really likes Oklahoma, but at the same time, it's like that's kind of a cool story. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's Isaiah Thomas. I mean, okay. he's the he's the Eskridge Lexus fair. player of the game. And the reason I think it's him for sure, one, he had two and a half sacks on the night. He had three tackles for a loss. He was second in the team in tackles. And we spent so much time talking about all these other guys. Uh, and you get into another close game, just like you were at Iowa State, um, just like you were at Texas. And who is it that's usually stepping up and making plays when it's close? It's Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. He's a gamer. And Para Winfrey, uh, he's had his moments. I think uh, 
Ronnie Perkins, the Oklahoma State game is his biggest kind of oh yeah for sure flag plant so far. I mean that entire defensive line, whether it be you know who else played really well that has just been a kind of almost a like a a major surprise and taking for granted maybe even. Hmm. I think Joshua Ellison has yeah, been no, excellent. Point. Yeah. Like both of the JUCO guys have I think been he really had a good. Knocked down from the line of I think he tonight. had one or two. I think he had my, he might have had two. I know he had one. It was around about the forty five yard line. Yeah, I do remember it. Ellison's been great. I mean that that entire group has been good. And I mean, how many balls did a defensive lineman get their hands on today? They did a great job tonight. I mean they got they got their hands on the ball probably more tonight. Like, I don't know what the uh, total number would be, but I, I would almost have to think that they got their hands on the ball more tonight than they had and probably counted up in 2017, 2018. Yeah, I would say, you know, secondary-wise, probably, I don't know. I mean, DJ Turner, Graham continues Turner to Yell be a led good... the team in tackles tonight, and but Turner Yell played well. all over the stat sheet. No, which he's not. He's not really a fill up the stat sheet guy. Uh, Trey Brown did a solid job tonight. He did get some penalties. But that was a bullshit pass interference. Call. I thought it was too. I mean, he he to a certain extent he gets those penalties every game, but I feel like he there's nothing he can do about it. I thought he had pretty good position. I just feel like Trey Norwood, man. Every time he's out there, he makes a he makes an impact on the game. Hand Not up, many people can say that. Hand up, he is a guy that I kind of shit on at the beginning of the year last year when like Alex Grinch came in. He was like, you know, we we're really gonna miss him. We're really gonna, you know, it, it's gonna be hard to replace you somebody they were like, like crocodile him. Crocodile tears or something. I to a certain extent, I thought like, oh, this guy's just bullshit, and he he's not he's not gonna be a guy that oh he's gonna need or rely on at any point. And he has been excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Isaiah Thomas is deserving. It was, a, it was a solid night all the way around. There's really nobody you can shit on is having a bad night today. No, you played great defensively. I mean, White maybe a little bit. Even, um, even on the touchdown that they gave up, well, I guess the, the first touchdown, they had good pressure. It was a good throw. Brewer stays in the pocket, and he finds a guy wide open. Jaden Davis, I guess, was maybe a little up and down at points he had tonight. Some nice moments, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm infatuated with DJ Graham and what he could possibly be. He's really good. His great ball skills. Obviously, it was a guy that played wide receiver in high school. I think the thing, the thing that's going to be interesting next week. You go on the road. Um, I think we can say it almost feels like. Do you think that like how they played tonight was almost good? considering they do have another test before a Big 12 championship. Like, it almost, like, kind of wakes, not wakes them up, but almost kind of says, like, reemphasizes the fact, like, the shit's week to week. You got to be plugged in every week. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, it's it's really hard to tell. I mean, this team is so young in some areas and sure. inexperienced. Sure, I will say this. Is it weird that it seems like Spencer Rattler has his best games away from Norman? I don't know if it's weird as much as I just, I think maybe in, I don't know, spin zone. Is this kind of like a good thing? Like he, he embraces the challenge, if you will, of playing on the road? Yeah. I mean, he, 
it's hard to say that because most of his games were early and they didn't play at home forever. Sure. So when he really started developing, he was doing it on the road. It was the on road. the road, yeah. yeah. It, it, but if I don't last know. night if last night was some indication of how he should be able to take it to another level because he was comfortable and he's at home, it didn't really happen. No. It was just a weird game. Like you can't and I don't know how much of it I really blame Spencer Rattler for it, but you can't play second and thirteen. Second and fifteen, second no, sixteen. No, the offensive like, line definitely screwed it. Just a lot of up. you when you play behind the the chains, it's just it's a really hard way to live. Yeah. So I I mean they got to get that shit figured out, obviously. But I'm not I'm not anywhere close to being like worried about it. Like they they had a bad night. I think that you go back to the drawing board and you get it figured out. They yeah. need to get Stogner back. Who yeah. knows when that's going to happen? You would assume Mikey Henderson will be back next week. I mean, all the guys that I think missed you assume tonight, almost everybody is yeah. back next week. And the weird thing is, is they don't have a whole lot of injuries right now. No, I mean, I guess technically you could probably call the Stogner thing an injury. Yeah, he, he didn't miss because of COVID tonight. Yeah. So it it just like they they got some things figured out. It's going to be interesting too. Like. Depending on what time that game is, I think it's probably pretty lucky for them that they're not playing at 7 o'clock next week. We'll find out tomorrow or on Sunday if, if it's going to be 11 or a 2.30 game. But, I mean, the weather's not going to be good. It's supposed yeah, to be you snowing. Know, you know they're going to push for an early game just to get it up. 11 a.m.? Yeah. Huh? Get in there, get out. Get, it's going to be weird. Get, get as much time as possible to prepare for the Big 12 championship. They Although, look, I'm telling you, man, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm, that'd be pretty cool. I'm not going to rule out the possibility that the conference approaches Oklahoma. I've already, I've already talked myself into it. I talked myself into it on Thursday of this week. That if everything worked out, that, that I just thought, wouldn't play the final that, weekend. Well, the, I thought that they had a better chance of playing this week than they do next week. And I think a little bit of that has to do with the report that was out with West Virginia and... That they were missing a lot of COVID people today. I I think the number was only like two or three, or maybe five tops, like three on the defensive side of the ball, two on the offensive side of the ball. But at the same time, we've seen how that goes with OU even. Yeah. Like they they were in kind of that spot for Bedlam, and then all of a sudden that game gets canceled last week. I could see the same thing happening to West Virginia this week. Well, the other thing to watch out for in, this week is the whole Shane Beamer situation because... Come on, Bob. Come on. I, I do think that Lincoln Riley... It's just my guess, my gut feeling that he would let him go ahead and go because he knows all the... Pre like, think when he took over a program. It was in the middle of the summer. All the stuff he had to do... And he, there's even a shorter timeline if you're taking over right now. If you're does it you're does Shane it Beamer. does it change anything? Like most of the time, when a guy takes a head coaching job, he has to go get out on the road because they're the recruiting, mm -hmm. trying to finish a finish a class. Does it change anything that we're in a dead period right now? To where? No, I think it's exactly the same. Okay, I, I, you have to treat it exactly the same because everybody's sure. everybody's playing by the same set of rules. It's yeah. like. When you have a dead period, you wait for the dead period to be over, and then you go work your ass off. Yeah, that makes sense. Like you're working your ass off however you can right now in the dead period. I mean, when you're when you wake up and listen to this, 
it is what ten days from signing day. That's crazy. <laughs> In South Carolina, I'm just guessing they're probably recruiting better than Oklahoma State, but I'm just guessing that they're not tearing the world up. It's not good. Yeah. And the other thing is this, like, because it's COVID in 2020 and you having all these opt-outs, like, is Lincoln Riley going to feel more comfortable to go and poach someone from someone else's staff? I mean, we don't or have to. Could he go oh, and make a hire, shit. like, really fast? What is South Carolina ranked? You don't want to know. They're, like, in the 80s? Yeah. Where are they? 89. Wow! They have 10 no commits in the 20. Gotten fired. They have 10 commits in the 21 class. They are smack dab in between Fresno State and, believe it or not, Brigham Young. Poor BYU. They're done tonight. That's what they get. That's what they get for traveling to go play? You should should feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for them at all. They've they've been preparing for that game for all week. Coastal Carolina is the team that was preparing for Liberty and then had to go back and start preparing for uh, BYU. Yeah. You you think it's going to affect their amount of butt sex that they get? BYU, yeah. the Mormons, mm-hmm. yeah, probably. I mean, they're not they're doing anything swimming right. Swimming in butt sex they're, before this. Well, they're probably done by now. It's one oh eight. They don't do anything on Sundays. Yeah, that's a can't do that. that. Do you think? Uh, and real quick, re- as far as replacing Beamer, I think that there's four names that are going to be thrown out there immediately. Garrett Riley, one of them. No. I just like automatically I would just say no. I, I don't I don't think that Riley would do that, but he might. I mean the four names that come to mind are Joe McGuire. Yeah. Sharon Moore up at Michigan. Played at OU, obviously. Uh who else? Rashad Samples will be a name that's thrown out there. I don't think it's a very good fit. And that's just like not even really knowing anything about him. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how that I feel like the word that's always been out on him is like, how good of a coach is he, actually? Yeah. And then who would be the fourth? There was uh Oh, I think Alan Kenny threw out guy from South uh, Central Florida. I don't really know a whole lot about him, though. Hmm. Tight ends coach down there. Interesting. I mean, do you think Joe John Finley gets a call? It'll be interesting to see which way they go, because obviously you need a guy that has some type of special teams connection, don't you? Like, special teams isn't a problem until it is, and... It's obviously a problem in Stillwater right now. Yeah, I mean, you can you can always go committee with that stuff. Sure. Uh, Kale has a lot of experience with special teams. That's true. Um, I'm not sure about, like, Manning. Uh, I imagine Odom's done just about everything. I mean, he's been a yeah. strength coach. He's probably done some work in special teams. I think we could probably rule out Bill Beatabo. I don't think he has too much say in the... Actually, I think he does on the uh, field goals and stuff. Does he? I think he does. I think he has like some kind of say in how they block it up up front. But no, but I mean, it, you always want to have someone that has some connections to like you know the coal kicking camp and all that stuff. Sure. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I, I I was joking earlier in the the DM thread with the scoop guys, but I would call Joey McGuire one more time and ask him. Like, you're you're a year in now with with uh, Dave Aranda. You still happy? Do you want to come? I, I, you at least have to make yeah. that phone call. Yeah. Because I think he's he'd be a home run hire. All right. Uh, Sooners win it. 27-14. Move on. Likely to play West Virginia. We'll see what happens with COVID. 
We'll see what happens with Big 12 and what they want to do if they want to try and ACC it and just get us all to a Big 12 championship game. We'll wait until this week's U40, but I had some pretty good... I want to talk to Josh about it because Tim Brando is his boy, but supposedly (laughs) Spencer Rattler was compared to a Jalen Hurts today as far as a runner goes. Oh, no. So we'll, we'll get into that this week. I may have to watch this tomorrow and just dissect it up. What a loser he is. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to uh, check out EskridgeLexus.com if you're looking for a new car and possibly uh, thinking about maybe getting a luxury car. So thanks to Eddie. It's been a long night. We're uh, past 3 a.m., and I uh, hope you guys enjoy listening to this in the morning. Uh, but Sooners win it. We move on. The home slate is over, and the Sooners have secured. They've secured the bag, at least uh, half of it. For the Big 12 Championship, they will be playing Iowa State in Arlington in two weeks for a chance to win their sixth straight Big 12 Championship. All right, until next week uh, when they take on West Virginia, uh, we are out of here and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.